Welcome to the Clear Ads podcast, Highway to Sell. You're listening to Tom Wackhorn and returning again, Ronnie Katamba. We're back again with another instalment of our Highway to Sell series, uh, where we discuss key topics and experiences with our in-house advertising team and sometimes guests. On this week's episode, we're going to take a deep dive into what makes for a good bidding strategy. Now, this could also be useful heading into Prime Day. I know we covered that on the latest episode, but the good foundation of any account is making sure that not only have you got the right keywords and budget, but you've got a good back, uh, a good bid strategy to work alongside that. Now, before we go into that, though, I just want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any future episodes, but also go back and listen to any that you may have missed. There's always going to be some amazing tips and a list of amazing guests as well to, to hear about their experiences of Amazon whether that is through PPC or any of the other facets that that make up the weird, difficult and wonderful world of Amazon advertising. So let's get straight into this. Uh, I'm happy to to throw out the first question and and even answer it myself, Ronnie, but uh, what what would we say? What would you say? What would I say? Are the key elements of a standard bidding strategy? We've already covered that you need to have the right set of keywords and budget for your account. But what would you say are the, the main pointers for having a good bidding strategy, a good foundation for that? Really important question. I think for our viewers and listeners, this is probably a make or break for any any account. So what I would tend to say is you've, you've got a breakdown of three different strategies people tend to lean towards so whether it's fixed bids dynamic down only or dynamic up and down yeah and for those who might not be familiar with those three different strategies fixed bids is where you have a fixed bid for a certain relevant keyword and you want to bid less for example 50p if you're in the uk or 50 cents in the in the USA and that's a fixed bid it won't go up it won't go down that's your that's your bid and then with dynamic only you tell Amazon's algorithm that you're happy to pay up to a certain point but you would prefer to pay less so naturally the algorithm could give you a less a less cost for that keyword if the market dictates so yeah and then dynamic up and down you give the algorithm, Amazon's algorithm, the freedom to bid up or down by a hundred percent margin either way. So those are the three main ones that most people tend to go for. But there's so much more, and this is such a, a huge area. It is a huge area. There's so, so different options. As you've covered, they're the three bidding strategies that Amazon presents you when you mm. actually build a campaign. I'm actually going to come with some recommendations of when I would use these these different three strategies. So yeah. I think for the more conservative among you and among us, I think the, the best strategy to go for is down only because it means that once you've set your individual bids for those keywords, you're not going to pay more than those. If you wanted to pay more than those, there's a chance you might have set a higher bid. So this means that if Amazon detects that you're going to get potentially some poor converting click-through traffic that's not likely to... to convert that, that they'll knock that down so if we're conservative with our, our our campaigns and our account and 
we've got to keep a close eye on our budget. Maybe we're quite tight on that. I think down only is, is definitely recommended for that. Also, when it comes to setting up an automatic campaign, that's what I would go for. Only then, once I've actually started optimizing my campaigns and I can see where that traffic and demand is going, would I consider switching that over to up and down when we're actually confident that some of the keywords and the traffic we're getting does have that propensity to convert and we're willing for those bids, like you mentioned, running to be raised or decreased by a maximum of 100%. Fixed bids is one that I, I see used quite sparingly, but I've seen some good some good success with that in recent months when it's coming to launch strategies and ranking strategies. If we're just limiting our, our keywords to exact match and we want to try and get a better ranking for that particular keyword or we're trying to launch a product and we've got a selection of keywords that we want to teach the algorithm are, are relevant to our product, I would go with fixed bids at that point. Uh, it's not going to bid higher. It's not going to bid, well, it will bid lower if if you win the auction at a lower bid, but it's not going to decrease the bid to try and avoid a potentially poor conversions or click-through. But that means that as you're manually increasing and optimizing your bids to try and improve your ranking for those keywords, it's not going to be messed around with with these dynamic bids. It's fully under your control at that point. So they're my recommendations of how I would use those, Ronnie. I don't know if you've got anything yeah. else to, to add on to that. And I think that's perfect. What I always tell, it, it, well, what I'll tell our viewers and our listeners is that before you get hung up on a strategy, first of all, work out exactly where you are in the market. Uh, are you in the launch phase? Are you in the mature? Are you a seasoned seller? Are you are you already at top in your category? Are you a dominant brand? Because that kind of dictates your strategy to a certain extent for example if i'm launching a new product or if i'm just launching my brand then i'll always have to bid a lot higher than other sellers because i need to get that ranking and i need yeah. to get that awareness to drive clicks so i'm always going to have to pay a little bit higher but if you're in a you're at a stage where you're you're pretty mature you're dominant in the market then you've already worked out like tom said you're fixed bidding, so to say. You're quite happy to, and prepared to pay for that. Or you can go towards the dynamic up and down because these relevant keywords are seasoned. You've already optimized them. And they've got such a high conversion rate. So you're yeah. quite happy for it to go up or down because you, you, you are going to get that conversion rate either way. So I, I think just to, to supplement what you're saying, really work out exactly where you are in the launch, mature, dominant phase and then work your way from there and i would also try and do as much research as you can and to working out what your bids should actually be now there's mm. there's a number of things that, could, that can help you with this even from setting up the campaign within amazon itself it will give you a suggested bid 99 times out of 100 if there's not enough data sometimes there's no suggested bid for an individual keyword but it will give you a suggested bid and that is based on the current CPCs of those winning auctions for that keyword. So it'll always aim somewhere around the middle that's getting the most auction wins. There will be brackets underneath that that will show you kind of the lower end of the scale and the higher end of the scale. But, but taking that suggested bid 
with a pinch of salt <laughs> is is a good is a good starting place because it's Amazon's first party data. They know within the platform what prices are actually winning those bids. And the reason I say with a pinch of salt is sometimes they do want you to spend money. So they will request those those higher suggested bids than you can actually win with. But quite often they are they are very close to the mark. But it also depends on your existing ranking, the quality of your product, and even like the seasonality or time of day that people are going to be searching for, for you. But usually you can win those bids on the lower end of the scale outside of those busier shopping hours where it's less competitive. But at the same time, you're probably going to expect fewer sales because like we said, you're outside of those busier shopping hours. But if you are trying to take advantage of the busy shopping hours, whether that's break times, lunch times, or when we get back in from work and scrolling through Amazon on our phones to decide what you want to spend your hard-earned money on, you're, you're probably going to need to be on the higher end of those. But you can still do your research wisely because you don't always necessarily have the ability to match Amazon's suggested bid because you need to factor in your margins. If you've got a product that sells for five pounds or five dollars but the average cpc at the moment is going to be three or four dollars that's severely going to eat into your margins so those keywords they're not they might not even necessarily be worth using because it's gonna even if you get one click one sale per every click so 100 percent conversion rate click-through rate then it's still going to eat into your margins too much that outside of cost of goods and Amazon fees and shipping and things like that, you're only going to have like a, a, a few pounds or dollars left over from that. So do your research on what the market's currently demanding for those keywords, how much it actually costs for your product. I'd actually encourage you to do that before you even re- get your product manufactured, like research the market. Uh, is it even viable to, to advertise some of these higher search volume keywords against what the price of your product's actually going to be when you factor in all of the cost of goods and the fees. But you can also work out, Helium 10 is very good at telling you like how many, they say giveaways, but how many sales basically you'll need for each product in order for you to start ranking better. So you can then work out backwards for how many sales you need, what the average click-through rate's going to be, therefore how many clicks you need to get on any individual keyword, to work out how many clicks you need to, to convert to a sale and based on what your, your ACOS targets are and your margins are, how much can you afford to spend on each of those clicks to make it profitable and sustainable. So try and do your math homework. I know that sounds quite daunting, but there are tools out there like Amazon Helium 10 that can help you work that out. And even retroactively now, if you have already launched your products and you've mm. been running this account for, for years Amazon recently introduced within the last sort of two to three months a new report that you can find within Amazon Analytics so brand analytics called the search query report now this on the face of it looks very similar to a search term report it shows you what people have been searching for but it's it's not literally just listed down to just your account it will show you your impression share against everyone else who's bidding on those terms. It will show you 
at what percentage of those people are clicking through, adding to cart. So you can also work out backwards based on that first party data of how many clicks you would need to get in order to get a sale. And from there, you can also work out what your average bid should be for that. It's quite overwhelming, a lot of that stuff. But... And I guess for, for so Thomas just mentioned those who are seasoned and mature sellers and you've had your account running for a bit let's just say that you're you know, day one and you're launching your ad a good place to start would be launch your auto campaigns and as Tom said you would have if your product is a pop is, is within a popular category Amazon would have some history to, to, to give you suggested uh, bids now with those suggested bids a lot of the time, it would have the low end and the higher end. If your product, if you've got a good product and you've got a few unique selling points above your competitors, I would always tend to lean towards the higher end of that suggested bid, just so that you can drive traffic and click through rate because you're getting better view, uh, viewability uh, on, on on those relevant searches. So I'll I'll tend to go there, and then it's a lot easier sometimes to work back backwards by cutting your bid, because now you've got enough data to to kind of suggest to you what direction you should go towards, either reducing your bid a bit a, a little bit, or actually continuing to be more aggressive. So that's what I would do if I was a new seller. And then the second thing, if for whatever reason your product is so unique in a unique category and there's no suggested bid you could simply work out from the cost from the from your selling price what you're prepared to pay for i don't know 10 100 clicks and then kind of put in a bid um, and then see if you get impressions if you don't get impressions then you could increase that by you know 5 or 10% incrementally based on the time that you have to to, to run your ads and then after you've worked out your bid and then you can go towards a dynamic down only or dynamic up and down after you've got some conversions. So that's kind of a quick snapshot of how I would do it if I was just launching. But there are reports within Amazon for you to help you kind of work that out. So as Tom was saying, the search query report and analyze those reports to quickly work out what's working and what's not working i always tend to focus on the highest relevant keywords and as a seller don't don't be scared to lose money over a short period of time because i think it's sometimes really overlooked how important data is if you're aggressive, but you're collecting data, sometimes it's worth you being aggressive for a short period of time just to collect the data so you can know exactly where your product is placed yeah. in the market. So that's also important to bear in mind. I 100% agree with that, Ronnie. And actually, that leads nicely into what my next question was going to be. Like, what, what are things that sellers tend to get too hung up over? Mm. And that is being profitable with every single campaign and strategy. Now, it's very easy for people like us who work in an agency to say, don't get too hung up over your ACOS and being profitable. That's not us trying to save face when things don't work. But Ronnie also mentioned this earlier. Like Every campaign you build needs to have a goal. It needs to have a focus. 
And you need to identify what part of that seller journey you're on at the moment. Absolutely, if that product is in the maturity stage and it's been running for, for, for months or years, then you should expect that your bids are at the right place and everything's running profitable. But if you're in that discovery phase, that research phase, launching those autos, we don't know what keywords are going to work for us yet. We might not even be ranking for any of those keywords yet. In fact, it's incredibly unlikely in the early days. Yes, there's the two-week honeymoon period that uh, Amazon favor you during and kind of artificially increase your ranking for those first two weeks to see if you can hang up there with the best sellers, the best of the category. But try and come up with a strategy or a goal for each campaign. Does your research phase need to be profitable from the word go? I think Ronnie would agree with me, and he's already echoed that point, that no, it doesn't need to be. You're researching. You're trying to find out what keywords work for you. You're trying to push the algorithm to see how many impressions you can get, how many click-through rate, uh, how many click-throughs you can get, what, what is your detailed page view account. Are people adding it to the cart? If they're, if they're getting sales from that, that's the cherry on top at that point. We're just trying to gather data. And when it comes to ranking and launching, it's in a similar position. Do you need to be profitable at that point? When you're launching, you're, you're, you should be looking for sales volume, increasing not only your bestseller rank, but increasing your individual keyword rank for the keywords that you think are most relevant for you, have got good search volume, and is showing good click data for, for your products, not only from the search query report, but also from your search term report. I would also make sure that you're getting reviews from this as well. Only then, once you've got good ranking, good bestseller rank, good position within the category, you're, you're at a point um, amongst your competitors that you're happy with, you've got decent reviews, not only a good number of them, but a, a good average rating. At that point then, you can start reining back on bids and making it more ACOS sustainable, or even better, looking towards your, your tacos for that, and actually making sure that you're getting good gross profit as well. It's the maturity stage of the account and your growth stage where I would be looking at having a good ACOS rather than trying to be focused on that from the word go. I don't know if there are any other hang-ups that you're aware of that sellers get stuck into a rut with, but I definitely think being too profitability and ACOS focused is is the one we see quite often. And it restricts yeah. your ability to grow because you're too concerned about it being profitable that you've not given it a chance to discover, to grow, to gain those rankings and, and those reviews. It is the biggest thing most people get hangover. I also have started to notice that where in an account's been mature for a couple of years, they've had they've traditionally converted well against specific keywords, but over time they don't um, they don't they don't seem to to understand or think potentially that the bidding for that relevant keyword has to increase because there's new entrants in the market who are bidding against that same keyword. Yeah. Market conditions are changing. People are being more competitive because everyone's trying to get the same customer. So what naturally happens is that this great keyword, we were bidding 50p and we're getting a thousand units sold against it every month or so. And now two years down the line or a year and a half down the line, all of a sudden sales are 
completely flattened off against that relevant keyword. And it's just simply because we we haven't incre- we haven't been aggressive as the market became more aggressive against that relevant keyword. So that's a huge mistake that we find, especially now. Our agency is in a is in a good place where we're getting a lot of mature accounts. It's it's one of the things that's constantly being more uh, coming up a lot of the times. Great keywords, and uh, we're just they're just bidding a low bid against them. So that's one thing. Another thing people get hangover is differentiating between the three different. Um, types of campaigns so for example you've got sponsored products which is kind of based around search term or asin targeting and then you've got sponsored brand and sponsored display sometimes as a as a seller you you might think that the same bid against the that keyword or that asin should be across all three well in the it, it, it should be across all three for sponsored products or sponsored brand it actually doesn't work like that you might find that you might get a lower you might get the same number of conversions with a lower bid or you might need a higher bid for sponsored brands as opposed to sponsored product so that's something that you just need to be aware of um, and also because all three are different therefore different they have a different strategy behind them so i tend to recommend be aggressive with your search with your search terms for sponsored product because that's where you're getting discoverability where a sponsored brand you're building awareness for your brand uh, you're allowing people to discover your brand it's more based around your brand as opposed to being relevant for that search query so with the search queries with the keywords i always tend to be more aggressive in comparison to sponsored brand ads, you might find that my bids are 10, 15% lower compared to the same keyword in, in, in the sponsored product ads. I mean, do you do the same? I completely agree with everything you said there. And I, I, I want to step back to something you mentioned probably about a minute or two now, and that's the saturation of the market. And keeping on top of what those bids need to be. Like every day, more and more sellers are coming onto Amazon as they either expand into different categories or new new brands and businesses or, or even first-time sellers. Like It's so easy to set up an account on Amazon. Yes, there's loopholes and like, difficulties, but it's so much easier than getting into a brick-and-mortar store. So much easier. Like, you just got to tick all these boxes and put all in the right information. And you can get going. But it is getting more and more saturated, and the market blew up over the last two years, 2020, 2021, during the pandemic, because like people had less accessibility to get into these brick-and-mortar stores. So we were finding a lot of them were transferring over to e-commerce, where maybe it wasn't so much of a focus. And like, we couldn't get into stores, so we had to rely on uh, the power of e-commerce to do our shopping and a lot of people hadn't been doing that before some people were kind of very adamant about going into to stores supporting their local businesses and actually getting out in the world and meeting people but they were forced to do that especially some of the the older generations that hadn't grown up with e-commerce and, and the internet They're having to actually order online for the first time whether that was food from the local supermarket or 
just tools and, 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 and pieces and clothing or kitchen items from Amazon. And it's the easiest and it's the quickest place to get that from. It's, it is a search engine for shopping, basically, because everything's on there now. And I, I've spoken about this in, in the last few in-person talks uh, I've done recently at the Ambition event in Estonia, that like, bids are going up because of this, because it's more competitive. In, in, in categories that weren't necessarily competitive to begin with, we, we know that things like health supplements and, and healthcare and pharmaceutical and, and beauty, they're incredibly saturated in competitive markets. So you can expect high bids of over a dollar, a pound, a euro, sometimes up in the four or five region. But even kitchen items are becoming more expensive now. Uh, we were previously bidding on a certain keyword in the kitchen space, and it was we were trying to rank for it. And it was around the, the $1, $1.50 mark. Within a week, it was now demanding three, three fifty. So, okay, like, we can do that to try and rank for it. And hopefully if we get a good click-through rate, like we can continue with that. And a week or two later, that had gone up to around 7 or $8. Now, that just became unachievable for us because our products were selling at around $16, which means if we have one click and one sale, that's already 50% of our margin gone. And that wasn't factoring in shipping, cost of goods, Amazon's fees, Prime fees. But that also assumes that we would have a 100% conversion rate. If we weren't, like two clicks with no sales, that's the entire price of our product wiped out. So we couldn't focus on that keyword anymore. So yes, there are going to be situations where you need to be aggressive, but also factor in what your margins are. You're going to have to find other keywords or you're going to have to accept and face the unfortunate reality that advertising is becoming more expensive and shifting your focus on why you advertise, why you're bidding. Can you afford to run that an 80, 90, 100% ACOS for those sales to get that exposure and treat it as a discoverability campaign? Not in terms of discovering new keywords and things that work for you, discovering a new audience, potentially moving top of funnel at that point. Will you be getting lifetime custom from that? If you've got a repeat purchase product, whether you're in pet food or or health and beauty, if you're, if you're, if every sale comes through at an ACOS of 100%, is that necessarily a bad thing? Yes, on paper, that sale wasn't profitable. But if that person, that customer is now going to come back and continually buy that shampoo, or continually buy your health supplements, does it matter if that first sale came at a loss? If every other sale after that, then they're potentially a customer for one, two, three, four, five years into the future, all of those sales are now profitable. And it might take you three or four of those supplemental sales to kind of erase the unprofitability of the first one. But if you can build up a good solid brand, keep someone coming back, then potentially those higher A costs in a playing field where those bids are increasingly higher, not only year on year now, it's kind of month on month, and we're going to see higher bids coming out of Prime Day uh, in, in, in the next few weeks. And people won't be bringing those bids down like they used to. They still want to be competitive. So it's, it's having a look into the direction of where you see PPC going, where we see PPC going, and how you can actually use it for the better of your account. Try and step away from being too ACOS-focused. And there's always exceptions to every rule. Like not every market has seen 
increases in CPCs. And if you're already positioned well, you're not necessarily going to have to, to increase your bids because there's everything else within the A9 algorithm that's factored into that. Yeah. So the devil is in the details there. Is it just about structuring our bids and, and, and finding the right bid? Or is, or is there more to it about understanding the algorithm, the A9 algorithm has just come up, or even like the categories that we're bidding on? Is, is there a bigger picture than just oh, your 100%. bids? Yeah. 100%. Um, understanding the, the algorithm and the category is so important because I think that's the foundation of you then making a decision of one, what strategy you're going to use, and two, what bid you're going to go after. We're kind of lucky because we've man we manage such a vast number of accounts in different categories. So Tom will have an idea of what bid will be suitable for a health and a health, a health and beauty yeah. or a health supplement. I'll have an idea of what bid would work for a furniture company just because we're constantly exposed to these categories and these different products over a number of years so we quickly work out in our mind because of the but you as a seller you might not necessarily have that advantage however as we begun uh, this podcast we said it's really good for you to understand the category you're in how many competitors are there and you can simply do that by searching for the the, the highest most relevant term you can easily find the top 100 in your category and you can start to work out actually who's a real competitor who's not a real competitor who's got how many on how many reviews on average do your competitors have so you can easily have an idea of do i need to be aggressive can i get enough sales by being less mm -hmm. aggressive and all of these things for you i would always i mean we always had an ha a habit like we'll take on an account We'll, we'll, we'll quickly look at the top 10 products, we'll actually go into the search engine and, uh, sorry, the, we'll actually go into the Amazon platform and pick out five or six different highly relevant keywords and search for them and see if, uh, if our product appears or our client's product appears. And for us, we do that just to kind of gauge real quickly where are we positioned. If you're positioned in the category, you can start to work out if the Amazon algorithm should naturally help your product appear up because what you have to understand is that the Amazon algorithm is always seeking to put the right product in front of the consumer because they want it to sell as quickly as possible. So with that, with you understanding that, uh, do everything that you can uh, to appear placed at the, at the top. And one of the ways you can do that real quickly and, and, and powerfully is to be aggressive on those highly relevant keywords is so important. Yeah. But I, I definitely agree. Understanding how the algorithm works and knowing your categories is, is the yeah. benchmark. And on top of that, we've also got placement bits. So adjusting those those percentages to appear on top of search, that's incredibly powerful. And it, it's, it replaced Bid Plus a few years ago, yeah. whereas Bid Plus could only, much like up and down only it would only go 100% above now we've got the power to go to 900% so you really can push the limits of, of where you can appear but I, I would also encourage you to just be focused on the data 
don't get too emotionally attached to certain keywords. Yes, you might find something is super relevant and it speaks volumes of what your product is. But if the data at this current point in time is showing you that it's just not working for you, you're not appearing, you're not getting the impressions compared to everyone else in the category, try and carve your own niche. Try and find those longer tail keywords that do work for you. Like You can only go with what people are searching for and actually clicking through to find your product. If the perfect keyword in your mind isn't working, then it's not working. And no amount of you keeping it in the account and bidding more is going gonna, is gonna to change that at this point. So follow the data, not your emotions at that front. And, and that's another thing that we often see people getting hung up on, their emotions for the account. And I would even extend that beyond getting hung up and emotionally attached to keywords. I would extend that to products as well. And, mm. and that's the benefit of having a diverse product portfolio and inventory that if you've got a hundred products and one or two of them that you thought were going to work, just end up not working. Maybe the contribution margins are too low or, um, yeah, it's just not sustainable with the bids that you need to play with. Then you can discontinue that product, sell through the stock or, or rebrand it or repurpose it or package it up with something else or even bundle it up with something else. You've got virtual bundles at your disposal. You've still got those other 98 products that are working for you. So try and not get emotionally attached to certain things. Now, we understand that some of you out there probably only have one or two products because you've yeah, you've invented something new to solve a problem. That becomes harder to not become emotionally attached to your product because you've put your, your heart and soul and passion into that project, project. That if you were to delist that product, you've got nothing else remaining. So that becomes a, a, a difficult dilemma. We should probably talk about optimization as well. I know we've covered some of the things that we can optimize, but when looking at our keywords, are there any simple ways to, to optimize the keywords we've got and the bids? Moving on from that, are there any tools that we use, whether they're internal tools or third-party tools, to help identify either new keywords or even new bids for those keywords? So to, simple ways to optimize, first of all, make sure your campaign's got adequate budget against the keywords you're bidding for. A real mistake we often pick up on is a campaign's got X amount, 10, 15 keywords, and because those bids are high, relevant to the amount of budget that campaign has, that campaign will run out real quickly. So you never get a chance to actually figure out how well these keywords are doing against that bid because there's just not enough money for that campaign. So one of the quickest way you can, you, you can make sure that actually this bid, at, sorry, this keyword at this bid has enough budget in the campaign for it to run throughout the whole day. So I can really gather the data that I need to make a decision whether to lower that bid or increase that bid. So that's one thing that you, you have to do from the get-go. Another way is to, I think we we didn't really touch on this, but keywords and their bids often will work differently based on what match type they're on. For example, if I'm searching for a, a king size bed, I might get a lower, I might get away with a high conversion or a lower bid on broad match as opposed to exact match. Um, um, so also have that structure in place and then optimize accordingly. 
different products and different categories you'll find work best for broad and others work best for phrase and others work best for exact so don't get hung up on oh i need everything an exact match that's just never never the case in our experience we find that sometimes actually by paying a lower bid on broad match we're actually getting a huge volume of sales so we're quite happy to then start to be more aggressive on broad match and put more campaign budget behind broad match so that's something that you could experience just be open to it and have that structure in place so yeah, those are quick ways to that. optimize tools that i i i use a lot helium 10 of course um helium 10 to just kind of work out different competitors against different keywords and where our product rank so where we rank against relevant keywords so you can do a keyword tracker on helium 10 and then you could over time see how well you're ranking against a keyword and that data will then help you make a decision or whether you need to be more aggressive or less aggressive i mean if you're always constantly in the top one two or three and you have been for the last 12 months you don't really need to increase your bids you you could actually put your Keyword under down only. We spoke about down only strategy and set a, uh, set a set a bid, and you can you can get a good amount of sales at low A cost. So Helium Ten Keyword Tracker is definitely one of them, um, and I would say have have those in place from the get go. And and Amazon even has little shortcuts you can take as well. So. There's a few tabs at the top of, of Campaign Manager that you can take advantage of. So there's the Budget tab. So this will very quickly tell you how often, using a percentage from 0 to 100%, how often any given campaign is within budget. Now, at the moment, this doesn't include sponsored display and sponsored brands. It's only going to cover sponsored products. But this will help you understand how quickly your your campaigns are running out of budget. Like normally you can only see once you've logged in, whether it's out of budget or if it's close to running out of budget. You can get email alerts, but this is a very quick way of looking at data for how often your campaign's in budget over the course of a, a specific time frame. It will give you recommendations on the budget. I would definitely take those with a pinch of salt because they are mm -hmm. incredibly inflated for what you actually need to increase it by. For example, you might see that you've got a campaign that's 80% uh, of the time within, in budget. You've currently got a £50 daily budget on there. But in order to, to make up for that extra 20%, Amazon want you to put another £200 in there, which just doesn't add up. So I would I would increase that methodically based on your, your own sensible increments rather than taking Amazon's suggested budget there. But also you've got the targeting tab, which is right next to the budget tab. This allows you to, to look at certain keywords, what campaigns they're in, and quickly sort without having to go into each individual campaign, much in the same way you would do with bulk optimizations and bulk sheets. If a keyword is actually worth keeping, if it's performing poorly across the board, you can pause it there and then, or you can increase the, the bids for any keyword that currently has an ACOS that is below your target by 10% in one go. So that's really handy to use. Sometimes it's actually easier than using bulk sheets because it's just easier to kind of play around with, play around with the time filters and look at different KPIs on that, that typical graph that you're used to seeing. 
It will also very quickly identify the top performers based on impressions or whatever KPI you want to go for. It will tell you how many targets, whether that's keywords or competitor ASINs, or even your own ASINs if you're running defensive strategies, that are just not delivering any results. So it's a really good way to, to throw in some filters and see what is working, what isn't working, what targets have opportunities for you. So I would encourage you to, to look at that as well. It doesn't always have to be third-party tools, but Helium 10 is out there, and the majority of people I come across in this industry have a Helium 10 account. So use that keyword tracker. Use Cerebro to find new keywords. Throw in your competitors' ASINs into Cerebro. Do a reverse ASIN lookup and see what they're ranking for. Um, and compare that to where you're placed within the market. And there's also brand metrics. So not brand analytics, brand metrics. You can find this within, within the campaign manager on the top left. There's a little arrow that's zigzagging upwards to, to the left, no, to the right, sorry, called brand metrics. If you click on that, that will show you how well you're, you're placed as a brand within your category. And it will show you the, the medium for the category. So are you outperforming other sellers within that category? Are you getting worse in performance? Are you getting better? Like if, if you're beyond your competitors, there's less work you need to do on kind of exposing your brand. I wouldn't ignore it because there's always work that can be done on any individual campaign or even at the keyword level. But there are so many tools that Amazon are introducing to the platform to make our jobs easier. I think they're aware of all, well, they're definitely aware of all these third-party tools, but I think they would like to be able to deliver some of this data themselves without without people having to, to go further afield for it. It just makes their platform more intuitive and happier customers who don't have to foot the bill for a third-party piece of software. So are there any particular techniques that are new in this space that might be really useful to try out? I know we recently covered the search query report. That is very new like two, three months old by now. And we've been experimenting with this in terms of ranking. So working out which keywords from that sheet and what searches from that, that sheet have the highest conversion rate. And I think conversion rate is an important thing to look at moving forward because yeah. some of those keywords might not have much budget behind them, but if the data is showing you that they're converting at a greater rate, you might not be getting the same level of sales because it might not have enough budget or bids going through it. So find those with a decent conversion rate and really try and put some budget behind them to see if with an increased budget, will it give you more sales? I would also not be too ACOS focused on this front as well because mm-hmm. something with a high conversion rate just means regular sales velocity, sales volume, the higher chance you're going to get those reviews and a decent rating on those. So that's something that we're currently testing out. Like I say, it's very new, so there's not too much data on it. Come the end of the year, we're going to have had at least six or seven months worth of data on this. Um, we can hopefully do a more in-depth podcast on that. But are there, are there any new yeah. techniques you're trying out, Ronnie? Uh, sorry, I've got some feedback there. Areas that I'm trying, I, I think you probably mentioned the, the two new areas that I see a lot of people neglect, targeting and, and budget beta. 
to just kind of understand where your ad spend is being spent, where you're underspending and what targetings are working in terms of search queries, sorry, customer search, customer searches, keywords and categories, just for you to have an overview of where the top performers are and where the worst offenders are by sorting through that data. It's so important that you utilize that. But another area that I, that is relevant, that's, that's a bit new, but it's less utilized. And a sponsor display, I think bidding aggressively against audiences is underutilized. And I think sponsor display does that really well at potentially our lower CPC compared to a keyword using sponsored product ads. So if you are struggling to get the level of impressions and clicks that you are getting, maybe think about utilizing sponsor display uh, and putting maybe lower bid, but getting a high reach to, to, for your audience, to, for, for these audiences to discover your product. So that's something that you could do. So leveraging your bidding in sponsor display and sponsor brands and not just constantly sticking on keywords, sponsor product ads could be, could be something new that you can try out if you haven't already. Oh, I think that pretty much wraps it up for today. But if you're interested in re- requesting an audit of your account or you're interested in outsourcing the management of your account, what can you do? Well, you can contact us through the, the book a call link on clearadsagency.com and request a call. We will review your requirements and see if you are a right fit for us and if we're the right fit for you. And hopefully the magic happens after that. So thank you for listening today. And we look forward to you joining us on the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, colleagues and other Amazon sellers who you think would find it really useful. We love to hear your feedback. So do let us know what you think of it on social media. And if you've got any questions that arose from today's episode. So signing off from myself and Ronnie, we'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Cheers.